Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple-Badley. Today is episode number two of our Law of Attraction book club. And today we're going to talk about chapter one in Joshua's first book, A Perception of Reality. So what we'll do is you'll hear the uh, my audio of that section. And followed by that will be a roundtable discussion with some boot campers talking about all of the parts of that section. Uh, please like and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. It's a great way to listen to an audiobook. You get to hear the audiobook as well as a discussion about the, each section as we go along. And we'll continue this going and hopefully more and more people will join us as we get going. We're starting a new boot camp January 11th, 2021. This boot camp will set you up perfectly for what's going to occur in 2021. There's a lot of change coming and freedom. This is the year of freedom and change. And to best position yourself, I suggest talking to me about the bootcamp. The only way we can really do that is to have a discussion. So please send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com and we'll schedule a half an hour chat. I'll tell you all about it. Also, please join our Facebook group. It's the Friends of Joshua. Just search Friends of Joshua on Facebook and I'll add you into that group. And if you want to hear more about Joshua or read more, please visit theteachingsofjoshua.com. All right, get ready for the show. Thanks for being here. Chapter one, the laws of the universe and universal forces. There is the physical and the non-physical, which exists simultaneously. There are laws that affect the physical realm, such as time and gravity. And there are laws that affect the non-physical realm as well. However, there is one law that affects all realms in much the same manner. That is the law of attraction. The law of attraction is the basis of all laws of existence, and without it, existence would not be possible. The law of attraction is the supreme law in your physical reality and guides everything that unfolds in your life and the lives of all consciousness in your world. The law of attraction states that like is brought to like. You have control over this law through your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. The law is designed to work for you, not against you. You have come here to more fully understand this law. Once you do, your life experience will be forever changed. The law of attraction allows you to live the life you desire now. You, through your life experiences, have come to know what you prefer. You have the lot of attraction to bring you the things you want. The law of attraction knows how to bring them to you. You do not need the answers, for they will be given to you by the law of attraction. If you want more money, you do not have to figure out how money will come to you. In fact, if you try to create a path to money on your own, you will stall the flow of money. You do not have the perspective required to see the magical way in which the money will flow to you. If, however, you have clarity of focus without doubt or fear, and you trust that the money will come, the law of attraction will elegantly flow more money to you than you could ever have imagined. It is the law of attraction's purpose to bring you all that you desire. It is your work to allow the law to follow its natural course and bring you whatever you truly desire. You do not have to write it down or speak it. The law of attraction knows what you want through the feelings, thoughts, and emotions that emit from inside. Your inner self has a complete understanding of the forces of the universe and will guide those forces to bring you what you desire in the most beautiful way at the perfect time as long as you maintain your clarity of focus. It does not matter what you want. There is never any judgment on the part of the law of attraction. You could want to witness a beautiful event or a tragic event. It is simply up to you. You could choose an easy, joyous, happy life experience or one filled with hardship and struggle. The law of attraction will bring you whatever you are matched for. You are the one who chooses and you will always receive a match for what you ask for through your feelings, emotions, and thoughts. When you feel good, good things will come to you. When you feel hate, hateful things will come just as easily. The law of attraction supports whatever you feel. Because most humans are unaware of how their feelings affect their lives. They do not practice their feelings. They do not exercise that muscle. They believe their feelings are the after effects of events and not the precursors to them. If you feel sad, you will be given more reasons to feel sad. If you feel joy and appreciation, you will be given more reasons to feel joy and to appreciate. The feeling always precedes the physical manifestation. Everything that happens in your life 
is a physical manifestation. You take these things for granted, but they are actually a mirror to your feelings. Your feelings create the conditions. The conditions do not create your feelings, they reinforce them. This is all accomplished by the law of attraction. Since it is law, it cannot work otherwise. Being aware of the fact that your feelings, emotions, and thought create reality is indeed a great gift. Just the knowledge of this mechanism is enough to change your life forever. But what if you could actually guide your feelings purposely in order to create the life of your dreams? What if you were able to use the law of attraction to work for you? How would your life be different? We will show you how you can practice thoughts that feel good and thereby minimize thoughts that feel bad so you can improve your feelings and your life. When your feelings improve, your life improves. It is the law and cannot be otherwise. As you feel better about yourself, you change for the better, literally. As you feel better about others in your life, they will change for the better, literally. You will physically change and they will physically change. The same is true of your government, your environment, your job, your car, your parents, your children, your home, etc. The better you feel about every aspect of your life, the better those things will be on a physical level. There will be an actual change, a change you will easily perceive. Your reality is simply your perception of reality and nothing more. When you perceive things to be better, they are better. They actually change physically for the better. The change is real, not imaginary. However, having said that, imaginary change is also real. What you imagine will come to you in reality. Desire is the imagination of a future outcome that is pleasing to you. Therefore, imagination is one of the tools of creation. Imagination is a powerful tool, and when it is used with clarity of intention, it has a tremendously powerful effect on creation. If you can imagine something and focus that imagination free of doubt or fear, you will create it in your physical experience. Your physical reality is an illusion, and if you were able to inspect the smallest molecule in your world, you would notice it was mostly empty space. You are tuned to a physical world that seems so real to you. The reality is fun, beautiful, and life-giving, but you need not focus your attention so strongly on what is. You all see the world as a combination of vibrations that appear real. These vibrations can be manipulated by your perception. If you knew how differently you see the world compared to other people, you would be amazed. You only know your perception of reality and you assume that everyone else has the same or similar perception. You think dark blue is dark blue and white is white and everyone sees the same colors. They do not. Everyone's version of reality is witnessed through their own perception, which is unique to them. It is a wonder you are able to function together as well as you do, given your completely different and unique views of reality. It is meant to be this way. The earth is designed as a physical reality so that you can exercise your natural powers. You can fine tune your desires and then fulfill them, whatever they may be. The great purpose in life is to have a desire and then see it fulfilled. Once the desire has been manifested, you're on to the next desire. You think it's about the manifestation of desire, but the manifestation is only the last step in the process. The joy comes through the conscious, deliberate creation of the manifestation. The end product is merely the reflection or proof that you've achieved your object of desire. People tend to be attached to their manifestations as though they were trophies. However, you will notice that once the object has materialized, it loses most of its appeal. The joy is in the process of manifestation and not the result of the manifestation. It's the journey that's fulfilling, not the destination. You may notice that many successful people are able to manifest things easily, but become unhappy when the object of their desire no longer pleases them. Those who are able to understand that it's the process of manifestation that is the joy, not the object, will find greater meaning in their lives. The joy is in the process. You were designed as physical beings to enjoy the process, not the end result. However, your culture guides you away from this. You have learned to become fixated on the manifested evidence rather than on the path to the manifestation. You are here to learn how to travel the path to that which you desire. The materialization of your desire is simply the finish line and has no intrinsic qualities of its own. You are allowed to desire whatever you want, and you are allowed to change those desires at any time. However, 
many humans tend to amend their desires based on the illusion that they are not progressing to the end result. They're impatient and want the manifestation to occur immediately. This is not the reason for your physical existence. You are here to learn to guide yourselves along the path from desire to manifestation. Unfortunately, because you have not aligned with your inner self and are predominantly focused on your outer world, you are thrown off course by the influence of others. You often create your desires based on what others have that you do not have. You might envy someone for something they possess and you think you want it. That is all right because all desire is worthy in and of itself. Generally, however, if the desire is not born from within, it is not a true desire and the journey to the manifestation of that desire will be less fulfilling. It is more difficult for someone to stay on a path of desire that has not been born from within. You may not be inspired to the actions necessary to fulfill the desire, and you may not have the patience to maintain your clarity of thought to create the manifestation. Therefore, you may become disillusioned with the desire and with the process of manifestation altogether. If you have previously attempted to fulfill a desire that was not born from within and have failed to achieve that manifestation, it was due to the fact that you were not properly inspired. If one chooses to pursue a desire just because of outside influences and then fails to achieve the manifested evidence of that desire, one may feel incompetent at achieving anything and therefore may believe they are unable to manifest any desire. As you look around at those you know, you may notice that younger people tend to have stronger desires than older individuals. Youth comes into this world with strong desire and a zest for life. This enthusiasm can be explained by their ability to conjure strong desire and their eagerness to follow the path to the manifestation of the desire. Some older people lack desire because they have never been aligned with their inner selves and have pursued desires that may not have been inspired. They may have failed to achieve the manifestation of those desires and simply gave up on their dreams. But this is the reason for existence. Following the path of one true desire to the next is life-giving. Desire is created through the experiences of your life. You come to know what you like and what you do not like. The law of attraction cares not about the desire. It brings you manifested evidence of the predominance of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. While the law of attraction can and will fulfill your desires, it can and will fulfill anything you give your attention to, wanted or unwanted equally. What you give your attention to manifest. If you give your attention to a desire, that desire given pure focus will manifest. If you give your attention to something unwanted, that too, provided enough attention is given, will also manifest. You cannot wish anything away. It is the law of attraction. What you think about grows. Therefore, focus requires attention to what is wanted in order to create wonderful life experiences. It does no good to protest for change. Pushing against something only makes it larger. For example, your government's war on drugs only exacerbates the prevalence of drugs in your society. The universe is comprised of pure positive energy. And in your natural state, you are also a pure positive being comprised of that same energy. In your natural state, without the influence of outside distractions, you would live a life of joy. Without influence, you would be free from fear and doubt. Since influences do exist, unwanted things capture much of your attention in your day-to-day -day lives. You need not focus on anything unwanted, for without your attention to these things, they would not exist in your reality. If you did not know about terrorism, you could not experience it. You would not become a vibrational match to it. To the extent that you believe terrorism exists, you become a match to it either physically or emotionally. You may believe terrorism is not likely to affect you physically, therefore it is unlikely to affect you physically. You may, however, think terrorists are evil people and must be destroyed at all costs. By carrying these thoughts, you bring more images of terrorism into your daily life through the news and other sources. You are therefore emotionally affected by terrorism, though you need not be. There is no wrong in the universe. Your perspective that terrorism is wrong brings the issue to you. How could terrorism not be wrong, you ask? To answer that question, you must gain the larger perspective of our non-physical point of view. If you push against terrorism, you attract it. If you soften your view of terrorism and instead wish for peaceful coexistence, you lessen its effect on you and your life. You are the creator of your own reality. 
You cannot control the conditions of the world around you by wishing they were not there. You control your thoughts regarding those conditions and thereby create actual conditions that are different than those you now accept as real. Remember that you create your own reality. If you believe that terrorism or anything else unwanted has the power to affect your life, then you add it to the fabric of your life. If you believe that terrorism is a far-off struggle between people who are in the process of finding alignment within, then terrorism no longer affects your life either physically or emotionally. This is a function of the universe. It is designed so that you have the absolute freedom to explore all facets of reality, whether you deem them positive or negative, good or evil. There is no wrong anywhere in the universe. It all depends on your perspective. You can see the positive in any situation or event, and you can perceive the negative as well. You can make the best of a situation or the worst of a situation. You can make things better and better, or you can make them even worse. It's all up to you. Free will allows you to expand as a human and as a non-physical being. Your exposure to this world not only expands the you that you know in physical reality, but also expands the inner you that resides in non-physical reality. You are both focused here in the present moment. Sometimes you are not consciously aware of each and every moment of your life. You may be thinking about the past or projecting thoughts about the future. However, your inner self is always focused with you here on earth in each and every moment. Your inner self is completely aware of you and your life and is guiding you to the extent that you are consciously aware of that guidance. You have a personality that is you in the physical world. Part of that personality was adopted through much of your life experience during this lifetime. But the larger part of your personality was brought with you from your non-physical personality. The part of you that is shy, reserved, insecure, fearful, or negative has been adopted during this lifetime. The much larger part of your personality, which comes from the inner you, is confident, secure, loving, fun, happy, prosperous, intelligent, and beautiful. That personality is the real you. The extent to which you mask it depends on the personality you have adopted through your life experiences during this lifetime. When you die, the larger personality returns to the non-physical, leaving behind any trace of the limiting aspects of your physical personality. You are much more than what you see in the fleshy body that appears as a reflection in the mirror. You have complete access to the broader part of you anytime you desire. First, you must become aware of the existence of your inner self, which remains in the non-physical realm. Your inner self is powerful beyond measure. You have all the abilities you need to create a wonderful life experience when you align with your inner self. Once you realize that you are the creator of your reality, that you are the center of your universe, and that you have an inner self that grants you full access to incredible abilities, you have the power to transform your life experience. The more you are able to expand in this lifetime, the more you will expand your inner, non-physical self as well. The key to creating the life of your dreams is in understanding the laws of the universe, the purpose of existence, and how to use universal forces to work in your favor. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Law of Attraction Book Club. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley, with Tracy DeLuise, and a whole bunch of people who are in the Joshua community, some of which have taken the boot camp, and all of us are talking about Joshua's first book today. This is A Perception of Reality, and we're, we did uh, the introduction last week, and so this week we're going to talk about uh, the first chapter, and we're going to take the first section of the first chapter. That chapter is chapter one, The Laws of the Universe and Universal Forces. So hi, everyone, and some of you are muted, so I'll wave to you right now, but right now we have 16 people on this call, and so people will be jumping in with what they want to talk about. This book was written, uh, started writing in 2013, November 15th, and this section was written the next day, which is November 16th. Um, and a perception of reality is, you know, was, was channeled in eight weeks, doing about a half an hour a day, and it came out exactly as you read it now. All I did was ever, you know, change some typos that I made after typing really quickly. Um, but this is exactly what came out, and it's pretty amazing. Now we are here six years later, and we're going back and looking at some of what was Joshua had talked about, and we see it from you know having spent time with this information for a while. So it's pretty cool. So this chapter really talks about the law of attraction, 
and how the law of attraction works and how we use it or try to use it and how so many people get stuck in the law of attraction because they want to use the law of attraction like I did to, you know, improve life or improve yourself or do something, you know, make money, whatever it is. And now we know that using anything to try and control your conditions won't work. It actually works the opposite. Control doesn't work. The only thing that works is the absolute acceptance of what is. And so you can't really use the law of attraction. You can only maintain your vibration and how you perceive your reality. And if you perceive your reality as bad, you're going to be using the law of attraction or engaging the law of attraction to bring you even more experiences that you personally consider are bad. That's what attraction's about. And you'll, we'll talk about this a little bit here in this first section. If you can see everything as good and instead of trying to change conditions, alter your perception of reality, that's how you engage the law of attraction to bring you what you want. So it's, it's like counterintuitive. You, or we aren't making things happening. We are, we are defining our perception of things. And instead of perceiving some things as good and bad, we try and see everything as good. Because from the universe's perspective or the non-physical perspective, there is no wrong, there is no bad. We talked about that last week. There is only good. And it's your judgment that defines it as good or bad. If you define it as bad, that's based on limiting beliefs. And you have control over those limiting beliefs. If you can see the good in everything, then you take away the attractive qualities of what you used to perceive as bad, and you bring in all the positive qualities based on your perception of reality. So it isn't a matter of doing things, it's more of a matter of how you see everything. Did you guys get this when you were reading this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think, um, you know, for me, yes. one of the first steps in in doing that was just something that we learned from Abraham, which was to take every little thing that you're encountering and uncover the positive aspects and yes. focus on what is good about every single thing in front of you. Yeah. So Abraham was talking about if you're in a relationship with somebody, just look at their positive aspects and those positive aspects will grow. But Abraham is also talking about don't pay attention to the negative aspects. You know, if you're going to perceive someone, just focus on what you think is good. Joshua takes it a step further and say, that's fine. But why do you think there are negative aspects of someone? What is that about? Well, that's based on, on your own limiting belief and you can change that limiting belief. So in essence, there are no positive. Uh, negative aspects they're all positive right. and the first step is to focus on the positive the second step is to see the negatives as positive as well a little bit you know a little bit further along in the thinking there um yeah this is this is true and i i had the same kind of revelation that when you perceive everything as perfect then the law of attraction accepts that vibration and then begins to deliver more of the perfection and then begins to create the illusion more in favor of what what you're wanting so it's i've sort of understood how that cycle works now much better yeah you used a good word there illusion this is all an illusion anyway and now we can the illusion is things are wrong and the illusion is things are good it's all an illusion but when we're perceiving it differently, the illusion that forms our reality has more of, the, of what we would have thought is the good in it by changing our perception. That's why this whole book is a perception of reality. Um, and it was funny because when the title came out, A Perception of Reality, I was, I was thinking personally, should it be a perception of reality or the reality of perception? And Joshua said, yeah, it could be that way too. So. It's your reality is your perception, you know. And since we do have control over that perception, we can have control over our reality. Uh, the first uh, little th blurb I highlighted here was, if you want more money, you don't have to figure out how the money will come to you. 
In fact, if you try to create a path to money on your own, you will stall the money flow. And isn't that an interesting idea? Is it, is that we all think that money comes in in this linear way. And so we try and say, okay, I'm going to go to a job or I'm going to do this business or I'm going to invest in this. And that's how the money's going to come. <clears throat> By focusing on that linear path that you think it should come, you inadvertently circumvents all the other potential that's out there that you can't really see. Um, you do not have the perspective required to see the magical way in which the money will flow to you. That's that, you know, we don't have enough information. We can't see where it's all coming. I thought that was a cool one. Uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, when you feel good, good things come to you. When you feel hate, hateful things will come just as easily. The law of attraction supports what you feel. So that means we're here to explore anything we want to explore and the law of attraction supports it. Now that's also counterintuitive to how we would think the system would work. And that's sort of why people are always questioning God. You know, if there was a God, would God let children starve or wars happen or all these bad things happen? And that's the human perspective saying that some things are good and some things are bad. From the limitless perspective of source, it's whatever the individual cho chooses to experience. And it could be lack. And we've all experienced lack before. And it could be abundance. And we've all experienced abundance before. It's the illusion of lack. Because in that exploration of lack, you're getting an abundance of experiences of, of lack. So it's still abundance, even though you think it's lack. Um, people think that the events control their feelings. That's, you know, that's just what everyone thinks. And when you realize it's your reaction to those events or your judgment of the events that cause you to feel something, it's you choosing how you perceive it. And that's what's, and that's what's the, uh, the basis of that feeling. The events are neutral. It's your perception of the events that make them good or bad to you. So, right. I think, yeah, right. you know, when, when I first came across the Joshua teachings, the very first thing that I really understood was using law of attraction to create my reality, I always assumed that I was creating tomorrow or the next 10 minutes. Yeah. And the very first realization that I got when I came across, you know, those teachings and this book is that by changing my perception and what I'm seeing right now, I'm changing my immediate reality. That's what creating your reality is. It's not necessarily about tomorrow or next week or next year. It's about changing my perspective immediately yeah. and everything around me changes, even right. though physically, it doesn't, but perspective and perception is, is what is reality. And that's what changed immediately for me in the first couple of hours of listening to Joshua and understanding that that's what, you know, that's what it is. But that's an amazing point that I've never really thought about before is that the illusion of time is that we're creating in our future, but there is no real future. It's all happening right now. But there is this law of momentum or law of, uh, uh, expansion, which is love momentum, momentum. Um, that as you create a better feeling vibration right now, then you attract a reality in future moments that reflect that because you just get better and better and better at that. And I, I think as humans, what we're trying to do in all of our efforting and struggle is to make the future better. Which, right, because we feel like you, we will feel better in the future. But yeah. if you feel better immediately, then, then you understand that that's all I'm after. The, exactly. you know, the, the car, the relationship, the whatever it is, I'm just after that feeling I think that's going to create. If I can facilitate that feeling or cultivate that feeling immediately by looking at exactly what's around me currently, then there is no need to concern myself with the next moment and the next moment. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm right. trying to change my perspective on right now. So can we 
Can we talk about the role of imagination in that? Yeah, so <clears throat> um, imagination, well, I think we even go into this, right? The, uh, yeah. There's the thing about oh, sorry. imagination. I'm willing to wait. No, let's go ahead and jump to that right now. Do you have that paragraph there? I do. Okay. Um, it's on page three. Uh-huh. Um, what you imagine will, will come to you in reality. Desire is the imagination of a future outcome that is pleasing to you. Therefore, imagination is one of the tools of creation. Yeah. And generally, we use our imagination to worry about the future, right? So there's wobble in that tool. Well, okay. So yeah. here, here's the dilemma that I got caught into is that one, you know, the previous manifestation um, practice I've been using was using a lot of imagination um, to create a reality, but the discrepancy would be so, like, I'm not living in Florida, right? I think yeah. we had that conversation when I, you know, when I first met you and, you know, we had our very first call. It's just like, I don't want to live in Florida right now, but back, you know, three months ago, you know, or before my first boot camp, I sure did. Yeah. It's what I thought I wanted. But like, so I stopped imagining into the future as soon as I started boot camp. And just because to me, to imagine into the future or just to imagine something was not accepting the present exactly as it is. Right. And That's then Joshua exactly. painted, right. And then Joshua painted like a new reality for me. It's just like, well, you're here to grow and ex to, to expand in love. And so, oh, so I just, so I actually refrained. Like I, I cut out all the imagination piece right now to just focus on accepting my reality. Yeah. As for perfect. But then I read this and I'm like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. So what Joshua was saying is that the in control, you use your imagination to manifest what you think you want. In acceptance, you use your imagination for the pleasure of it. Not trying to make anything happening, but just for the pleasure of that imagination. You know, when you were a kid and you were imagining, you know, having a make-believe tea party with your dolls, you weren't doing it hoping that the dolls, you know, would turn into people so you wouldn't feel lonely. You did it because it was fun, right? And that was a very powerful tool. Um, <laughs> I had a couple experiences in my life. One was, I was uh, in like ninth grade or something. Maybe it was eighth grade. And I really wanted a girlfriend. I just imagined, being in this girl's arms. That's all I cared about, right? And I just really thought about that. And one day I'm in some science class and I have a partner and we were dissecting a frog and she's really cute. Her name was uh, Cindy Sims. And within a couple weeks, she was in my arms. We used to sneak out of our, of our houses at night. Like it, we'd set our alarms and sneak out like at one in the morning and we'd meet at the school and then we just hang out at the school um, in San Diego in the middle of the night and be together for a couple hours and then have to get home or we go to my treehouse and, and listen to music or something. And it was so much fun, but I just totally remember imagining that. Not because, you know, it was interesting. It was Because if you think about it now, was I experiencing loneliness and the lack of a relationship or was I imagining something brand new that had never happened before, you know? And then I, I guess we both became a vibrational match to that idea and connected by being paired up in this class. And uh, looking back at it, it was like just, and I, I could see a lot of these things where I was just imagining. I imagined um, a new way to do appraisals that had never been done before. And I used to think about it, um, how cool this idea was. And I would be driving when I was an appraiser, just driving, driving, driving and just thinking of this new way of doing it. And then it all came together and I started this company that was all based on this new way and it was radically successful. And then other companies started to copy it and it was, you know, it became sort of a, a new way of doing appraisals that was really profitable, really effective and efficient. And it was really cool how it worked. So I think that the imaginations is two-edged sword where you can imagine, you can feel lack of something, 
and then imagine having that thing you feel lack and then that imagination sort of is sort of you know focused on the lack or you could imagine something that's just fun and interesting for the pleasure of it and then without any attachment to it becoming truly manifested you could just see where it goes because you you can't know where it's actually going to go um but then a lot of people use their imagination in worry and doubt and fear and obviously that's just going to bring more of that in there yeah, I mean, I, I would think, think that, yeah, that uh, this is yeah. a feeling universe, you know, for me, the imagination is to remember to, it's cultivating the feeling, yeah. the feeling of that. And then the, the universe can deliver, yes, that imagination, but so much more if you're right. cultivating the feeling of what that is. Exactly. Yeah, I, this is Jojo. I think Michelle brings up like, her question at this point for anybody that's going to read it, you know, what's reading with us now or will in the future. That's one of the I think the tripping point that we get about, oh my gosh, have I done it wrong before? How do I do it now? And, you know, like there's so much meat in this book. I mean, even in this one chapter that it's easy to gloss over and go back and read it again and find something else. So I mean, these little points in here that Joshua is explaining, even in a simple paragraph is so, so powerful because I, it's kind of a fun tool because you could take a look at maybe in your past of how did I feel at the time I was trying to imagine this? Yes. How am I hard. feeling now? Yeah. Right. And there's so many different aspects of the emotions and doing the emotion, you know, and doing that imagination. So when I read this the first time, like you guys said, I highlighted every single page in this book and I went back and I thought, oh my gosh, now I'm going to read it from a different perspective and only highlight and pick out the certain aspects that are relevant to me now after going to the boot camp. But I have one example where I think illustrates manifesting something through imagination. I had a vehicle that was years, decades old, and I was attached to it, so I didn't have any reluctance of keeping it or letting it go. And it took me like four years to manifest the car of my dreams, and this was before I knew Law of Attraction. And I remembered marveling about how everything worked out so perfectly, but I didn't know what it was called. I did not know what it was about. I remember my friends and clients saying, when are you going to get rid of this car? When are you going to get rid of this car and get something else? I said, well, because I don't really know what I want. Yeah. And then eventually I fine-tuned without any attachment to a vehicle that I would like down to a color. And it took me going to Goodwill one day to drop off some stuff to donate. A gentleman parked next to me. And he came up to me and I, he's like, oh, yeah, you've got this vehicle. How do you like it? I said, oh, yeah, I love it. I'm, I've been thinking about selling it for many years. And he says, well, interesting. I want to buy your vehicle for my nephew. Would you be willing to sell it for me? And I said, well, you know, it really matters to me who I sell it to. <laughs> so I said, and I, and I have no idea what I want, but let's get together and talk and let me meet your nephew. Long story short, um, I found the buyer fell in love with the car. It was perfect for me because I wanted somebody to love the car as much as I did. And so I was willing to keep the car. So that then led me to going all the way an hour and a half away to Sacramento to go look at a car simply because it was on sale. So I drove an hour and a half away to go look at this car. As I'm getting ready to buy this car, I look out to the distance and I see the vehicle that I wanted that I couldn't afford in Walnut Creek because it was priced too high. And I said, you know what, is that, you know, the vehicle that I wanted? And she said, yeah, it is. I said, can I take a look? Anyway, I ended up getting the car I wanted. The only thing it didn't have was all wheel drive. And it was at a price that I could afford. And I knew there was something magical about the way all of this took place, but I didn't know what it was. And so yeah. now I know, now I know. That's a great and, story. Yeah. And it was, it, it was, it was, it was an example of imagining what I wanted, but being okay without it. Right. And um, so, I mean, I think Mich Michelle's question, it just it hits it with so many of us have as we read that part about imagination and are we doing it right or not. And I think we get to play around with it, have fun with it and test it out and see what works and see what doesn't. 
what I like there is you weren't attached to an outcome. And, and so you, that really is what puts a lot of wobble in the vibration. I have a story where I was attached to the outcome. I'm re renovating this kitchen here. And I had owned this 48 inch Viking before with two ovens and six burners and a griddle. And I'm like, I wanna have that oven in, or that stove in this house. And so I was looking on Craigslist every single day for it. And I was missing ones that were, that were popping up and people were buying them too quickly or they were too expensive. And so I finally gave up and I'm at Home Depot redesigning the kitchen for a 36 inch stove instead of, or a 30 inch stove instead of the 48 inch one. And I'm there with my friend Mary Ellen and, and we were actually, we we're literally getting finished with the plans. And she says, why don't you just check Craigslist one more time? Check Craigslist, there it is. The best price I had ever seen, close by, it had never really been used a lot before because the people were bought this house and they were, hadn't used it, now they're renovating the kitchen and they're getting a, a different oven. And so I called the guy and bought it right there over the phone. Once I had finally given up and redesigned those plans, then it came to me. And if it wasn't for Mary Ellen to have the inspiration to tell me, I would have missed it, you know? Right, you didn't lose your desire. The desire was still there. Right. You just loosened the grip on it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Gary, uh, can I ask a question? Sure. Sorry, I just, if you can speak a little bit uh, more about the attachment to the outcome. So what's that all about? Is that coming from the fear that we'll never have it or like that's the only thing that I can think about or there's something else to it? Yeah, I think it's the fear that we'll never get it, you know, and that we won't be happy until it comes. So it has to come, right? It's right. from that, it's from that stance where you say the outside conditions create how I feel. And that doesn't work, you know, because, you, because what you're doing is you're saying that the conditions make me feel something. So I want the conditions to be this way so I can feel it. And the universe says, that's not, not how it works. You're going to have to get rid of that limiting belief or get rid of the attachment before that can manifest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, alrighty then. Ooh, there's, okay, there we go. So here's something I highlighted today is being of the fact, isn't that a weird way to say it? I would never write that. Being of the fact that your feelings, emotions, and thoughts create your reality is indeed a great gift. Just the knowledge of this mechanism is enough to change your life forever. Just the knowledge. But what if you could actually guide your feelings purposely in order to create the life of your dreams? What if you were able to use the law of attraction to work for you? How would your life be different? And then they go on to say, we'll show you how you can practice thoughts that feel good and thereby minimize thoughts that feel so bad so you can improve your feelings. So it's not using the law of attraction in the way we think you use a tool by controlling the outcome. It's by feeling better and better and better and then allowing things to happen for you. It's all about feeling. This is a feeling reality. The only thing that matters is how you feel. When your feelings improve, your life improves. That's the basis of how to engage the laws of the universe. When your feelings improve, your life improves. Not when your life improves, your feelings will improve, right? It's the opposite. Totally counterintuitive for us. This, uh, another one I highlighted there is, your reality is simply your perception of reality and nothing more. When you perceive things to be better, they are better. They actually change physically for the better. The change is real, not imaginary. However, having said that, imaginary change is also real. <laughs> hey, Carrie. Yeah. Can I ask a question about that? Hi, Kimmy. Hi. Do you see that I'm living in my beautiful basement while my house gets renovated? That's awesome. exactly what I just said. I was like, what are you in the basement? <laughs> Here's my water softener over here. Oh my God. It actually cool, looks like a cool podcast set. <laughs> and there's all these really cool cinder blocks. Yeah, it looks awesome. Anyway, um, so what you had said earlier to that about, like I understand that how we feel then creates our reality and that nothing is outside of ourselves. 
But what, like, I'm just asking for me because I'm having a block with it and I've done, you know, Joshua boot camp since day one, January. Um, is there, is there something like, I don't know, a skill that can be replicated when we have this one thought, right? Like I have this one thought and I can't, like I was thinking about it this morning and I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to sit in bed all day and do manifestation event pages and try to figure out what it is. Um, but is there anything, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to ask my question. Is the thought a resistant thought? Yes. No, I, I don't think it's a <laughs> resistant thought. I think it's, I think I have attachment to it of how yeah. I think it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, right. And I've had this, like, it's about you, me being in a relationship with a man, right? Yeah, because you are so, you want things to be a certain way based on your limiting beliefs, right? Right. So how do I, like, I'm like, kind of like this about it. I know I am. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. So how do you get yourself out of the habit to not even create that, like to not even create that relationship, to just create ease, right? Yeah. So, and like, let go of attachment, I guess, is my question. But like, and I understand, like, I created a mantra of like, I let go of attachment and things like that. But yeah. is there anything that can be done to help just ease that process? See, I that question is trying to control your thought. Mm. It's still a control thing. The Darn. only thing you can do is say, everything in this moment is perfect. And while you say everything in the moment is perfect, you're also saying, except for this is missing and that's missing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, Unless yeah. instead of saying, no, it's coming, it'll come. When it comes, it comes. If it doesn't come, that's okay, right? Have to be totally acceptance with what is. Sure, sure. It's hard to get into that mindset, being totally accepting what is because you're a doer and a, and a control freak like I am. You get <laughs> shit done, right? And we want to manipulate the conditions because we're really good at it. Look at us, you're renovating your house, I'm renovating my house. We are good at manipulating conditions to get what we want. And the real power is in accepting what is as mm -hmm. it unfolds, as perfect, and that the right thing for us will come when we become a vibrational match to it. Wow. And we're not becoming a vibrational match by noticing it's not here we're holding in the not here i'm exploring this person not being here is what you're saying to the universe you know yeah of saying i'm exploring how happy i am in this moment i think you need a mantra kimmy a mantra to change that thought you know or, so or like, a blow up doll no I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I'm seriously kidding. so when that thought comes into your head again you can pick up your mantra and say i release control everything is perfect in this moment yeah um, i release the control everything well, it's is funny. perfect it's funny to you that you say that because um like you know i think even all summer i was writing my manifestation events out and it all kind of related to that we did a Joshua call and I was so resistant on that, that, that not being something I wanted, completely lying to myself, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Now I like accept that. And now I want to like control that. Right. So, like, but I don't, <laughs> but I don't actually really want to control it. I kind of do, but I don't. Subconsciously yeah. you do. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there you I, go. Yeah. Right. You're battling so with you yourself. Like in the habit of just, okay, this is cool. I'm going to be easy. This is going to be perfect. Practice, um, yeah. I just had this inspiration to do channel a, a, a meditation called Ease and Acceptance. But the problem with that is that we use meditations to control our reality too. You know, oh. if we, there's 10 Joshua meditations and people listen to the abundance one more than all the other ones combined, <laughs> you know, because they're That's trying to easy. control abundance through meditating. Those are well, yeah. Those things should be called manifestations instead of meditations because they're all like the visually guided and yeah. affirmations. What'd you uh, say? Hi, Gary. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead, Andine. Oh uh, yeah, can can I just go back? We were talking about feelings. Yeah. And if we look on page two, fourth paragraph, I don't know where it is, but it's uh, it is on your 
you or anybody else where they've got it, whether it's a PDF. Uh -huh. it's, it reads, the law of attraction supports whatever you feel. Right. Because most humans are unaware of how their feelings affect their lives. And I've, uh -huh. I've underlined this, and this is the most important bit in the chapter for me. They do not practice their feelings. Right. So could you, could you expand on that? I don't know what week it is in the boot camp, but it says you must learn to cultivate the feeling you want to feel now. Yeah. So if you want to feel appreciated, right? You, that, that was my big thing was trying to get other people to, to appreciate me by doing things for them. Um, but, but that doesn't work. That's just controlling conditions. And so I would get tons of manifestation events around that. So now cultivating the feeling of appreciating is I appreciate everyone, everything, and myself as it is right now. I appreciate this. And this is what we do in the boot camp. I appreciate this and I appreciate this and I appreciate you and I appreciate this about myself and I appreciate this about my body and I pre appreciate this about my dog. My dog does not chew up the furniture, chews up everything else, but not the furniture, thank God, right? <laughs> you know, you can appreciate all these things and that just cultivates this feeling of appreciation without needing to have it come back to you. I appreciate the abundance in my life now. I can do anything I want to do. There's nothing I can't do. Now, is there a pile of money in the bank? Not at all. But I can do anything I want. I'm totally free and abundant enough to do whatever I want to do. And look at the house I live in. Look at the car I drive. Look at, you know, uh, the ease of, of which I can buy clothes and food and wine and all this stuff. Um, I, I, I'm as abundant as I need. I couldn't be more abundant. So, so that's cultivating those feelings. Yeah. And then you get that back. Like we have this big pantry. So I just love filling it up with canned foods and stuff. It's just like abundance of, you know, there's so much food in there. It's almost like a little, you know, doomsday prepper pantry <laughs> in there because it's full. But it's like what I like, you know, we buy cases of wine at a time instead of two or three bottles. Just so we have, an abundance of all this stuff. So I'm practicing the abundance. Yeah, you need to tell me next time that I'm not supposed to eat it. <laughs> I'll, I'll see y'all in an hour. Great. Oh, come on up. <laughs> <laughs> come on over. Come on, Michelle. Oh. We're here. <laughs> yeah. We can only look at it, though. We're not allowed to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be lack, That's I guess. Hilarious. Yeah. See, it's all right here. It's abundant. You just can't have it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we were raised, though, weren't we? You know, I want a cookie. No, you can only have one. Why? Because you're going to die if you have more than one cookie. Um, we, our parents would do this thing where they would um, buy all the candy we could have for the whole week and set it out in front of the TV on Saturday mornings to keep us quiet so we wouldn't wake them up, right? So that was a rule, we had to be quiet. But we had all this candy for the whole week. Uh, it never lasted more than half an hour. That was like the tops. <laughs> and then for the rest of the week, we had no candy. All right, um, so you see the world is a combination of vibrations that appear real. These vibrations can be manipulated by your perception. If you knew how differently you see the world compared to other people, you'd be amazed. You only know your perception of reality and you assume that everyone else has the same or similar perception. You think dark blue is dark blue and white is white and everyone else sees the same colors. They do not. Everyone's version of reality is witnessed through their own perception, which is unique to them. When you know this, you know, Tracy and I were having this discussion about um, reserving a time to have Tucker washed while she was at training this morning. And I had said to her, from my perception, call them and make an appointment because you probably need an appointment to get in. And she said, I never said to call them, right? And I knew that from her perception, she was right. And from my perception, I was right. So there's no argument there. You know, That's true. It's, it's a pretty amazing <laughs> and free thing to do. Yeah. I was like, you never said call. And then he said, yes, I did. I said, well, you know what? You're right. I said, you're right. And I'm right. And we were like, yeah. I was like, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> um, another one here is people tend to be attached to their manifestations as though they're trophies. However, you will notice that the, that once the object has materialized, it loses most of its appeal. 
the joy is in the process of manifestation, not the result of the manifestation. It's the journey that's fulfilling, not the destination. That one sentence that, or paragraph, whatever that is, that is like this key to life. Yeah. That no one understands. Everyone's chasing the manifestations and saying, when I manifest that, I'll feel good, rather than realizing that you're not gonna ever feel good really more than a, a few minutes after you've manifested it. It's the fun part is to get there. The journey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's something that <clears throat> I've inherently understood since I was a kid, just the excitement of getting ready to go on a trip or the excitement of going to the, the amusement park um, was almost more than actually being there. And I think I, I started to understand that when I was really young, that that's, yeah. that's not it. It's the build up to it. That is what gets me there. Right. That's what gets me there. It's the excitement of going. That's what actually takes me on that trip. Yep. Resting. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're allowed to desire whatever you want and you're allowed to change those desires at any time. However, many humans tend to amend their desires based on the illusion that they're not progressing to the end result. They're impatient and want the manifestation to occur immediately. This is not the reason for your physical existence. You are here to learn to guide yourselves along a path from desire to manifestation because that's what causes expansion. So the reason we're here in physical reality is to expand and we expand through the journey from the desire to the manifested reality of it. Unfortunately, because you have not aligned with your inner self and are predominantly focused on your outer world, you are thrown off course by the influence of others. They often create your desires based on, I'm sorry, you often create your desires based on what others have and you do not have. You might envy someone for something they possess and you think you want. That's all right because all desire is worthy in and of itself. Generally, however, the desire is, if the de desire is not born from within, which means a true desire, it, okay, it is not a true desire, and the journey to the manifestation of that desire will be less fulfilling. So in the boot camp, we talk about true desires and false desires. And Joshua boils it down to true desires are to express your love and acceptance, to experience true freedom and abundance, to expand in joy, and to travel along the path to discover your authentic self. Um, and a lot of our desires are what we call false desires, where they're created out of some perceived lack. And you think, I'll feel better if I have this thing. Or people will respect me or like me or love me if I attain this level of success or something. Does anyone have another passage they'd like to talk about? Not right at this moment. Okay, I've got one here. Excellent. You are the creator of your own reality. You cannot control the conditions of the world around you by wishing they were not there. You control your thoughts regarding the conditions and thereby create actual conditions that are different than those you now accept as real. Remember that you create your own reality. If you believe that terrorism or anything else unwanted has the power to affect your life, then you add that to the fabric of your life. If you believe terrorism is a far off struggle between people who are in the process of finding alignment within, then terrorism no longer affects your life either physically or emotionally because you've diminished the intensity of what that means to you, right? It's no longer wrong and so therefore you take your focus off of it and the law of attraction doesn't bring it to you. Um, another thing here is about personality, which Joshua now calls persona. You have a personality that is you in the physical world. That's our persona. Part of that personality was adopted through much of your life experience during this lifetime. But the larger part of your personality was brought with you from your non-physical personality. So who you existed as in the non-physical has a personality based in love and you bring that with you. And those of you who've had children or no kids, doesn't it seem like those kids are born with a personality? Definitely. You know, oh, pers yeah. A true sure. personality, your persona is modified along the way, but your true personality is there when you're born. Um, the much larger part of your personality, which comes from the inner you, 
is confident, secure, loving, fun, happy, prosperous, intelligent, and beautiful. That personality is the real you. The extent to which you mask it depends on the personality you've adopted through your life experiences during this lifetime, right? So if, you, if you're shy or, you know, whatever you have, whatever it is, a lot of those aspects are based in limiting beliefs that you adopted along the way. Um, what's right, your, they, you know, they, they, some, something that they, they talk about here that was a real revelation for, for me was that in, in being things that you're not, even if you, you know, I think it's protected you in some way. Um, and it, it gets people, you think it gets people to like you and love you and respect you who they are liking and loving and respecting isn't you. So right. what does it matter anyway? Yeah. And, and that was enlightening, you know, for me to, you know, to go through and, and start to understand that, it, that it just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the teacher at school likes me, if I'm being something that I'm not right. because she doesn't even like me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. She's, um, yeah. Gary, the, the disc profile test, cause I've, I've studied the disc profile test about personality and it's very interesting with the disc profile, there's the, the, uh, the identification of the personality, um, and then there's the other identification of the personality that is when it's not being um, in the public eye. So there's like two different score levels. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a high, you know, I mean, I'm labeled as a high D and a high I, but when I'm not in the public eye, I'm not such a high D and a high I. Right. Yeah, when you're not interacting. But Joshua will say that, you, that how other people perceive you is based on their perception of reality and not yours, right? And, and how it is is you have this perception of reality and when that person enters, their perception of reality mingles with you and so they see you differently from their viewpoint. And you can see this by your children see you differently than your parents see you, than your friends see you, than your husband sees you. Everyone sees you as a different person, so who are they really seeing? And by us trying to manipulate how other people see us, we're just not being authentic. And the other counterintuitive part of this is, if we were to be totally transparent and, and absolutely authentic to who we truly are, they would, people would flock to us in droves. We'd be, they would, they would love that version of you. Not everyone would, but you'd be a vibrational alignment with those people who would. And because you have no wobble in your vibration about who you are, when you put on this persona or this mask, trying to pretend you're something else, just in order to get people to like you, then in your vibration, you attract, uh, whatever relates to that vibration. And if there's fear in there, you're gonna attract people who don't like you, you know? And you're gonna be like, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, and this person doesn't think I'm good, you know? And it's like, why is that? I'm trying to be good, I'm trying to be good, and they don't respond how I want them to respond. And a lot of times when you say, I used to do this all the time, I used to try and prove I was smart. And then I would get in these arguments with people and it would just be so obvious. I didn't know what I was talking about, you know, and it would feel so bad because my limiting belief about trying to be intelligent, you know, would come back at me or try to be something I'm not truly just in order to make myself look good. So, yeah, but my friend Bruce um, does his whole business based on that test on that IQ or not IQ, but personality score thing. And I talk to him about it from a Joshua perspective and say that when you try to define people in these certain things, you're only defining them in that one moment. And no one is fixed in that moment. People are changing all the time, you know? So it's like using a, um, you know, using your, like your, if you're a Capricorn saying, all Capricorns are like this, right? Just because they're born in this birthday. Now there is some essence of truth in there somewhere, but there's so many people, everyone's unique. And that's what the basis of this book is, is that 
everything in physical reality is unique, nothing's the same, and categorization doesn't really help because it's all based on your perception of them anyway, you know. And when you say high I, that idea of what a high I is is unique to you. Okay, so we're gonna leave this. Um, we're just about on an hour here with the last sentence or last paragraph of this section, which is section one, chapter one. Once you realize that you are the creator of your reality, that you are the center of your universe, and that you have an inner self that grants you full access to incredible abilities, you will have the power to transform your life experience. The more you're able to expand in this lifetime, the more you will expand your inner non-physical self as well. The key to creating the life of your dreams is in understanding the laws of the universe, the purpose of existence, and how to use universal for forces to work in your favor. So not only are we just here to expand us, we, and this was in Joshua Live, was it yesterday? That we expand our non-physical self, we expand all that is, we expand the mass consciousness of the planet. We're expanding everything through every moment of our life experience. Um, and the key to creating it is just an understanding how these laws work and the purpose of our existence. We're not here to be successful or to live what Western society thinks is success, but to expand through experiences. And we can either expand in joy or in suffering, that part is up to us. How we perceive a manifestation event is how we move through it. We can move through it in joy, seeing it from the higher perspective or in suffering. And so using universal forces is really allowing those forces to take us where we wanna go without getting in the way. And we get in the way by using our imagination to imagine a different path, by having fear, and not pushing through inspiration, you know, pushing through fear to act on inspiration, and by focusing on what we think is wrong. Change those things, and we radically change our experience of life. All right? Yay. Good. Awesome. Thank you guys for being here. This was really fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, um, Gary. We're going to continue this, so next week we'll do the section two and the first chapter, and and... Slowly but surely, we'll get through this book and go into other books and keep it going. Uh, if you want to know more about Joshua, go to theteachingsofjoshua.com. If you want to join our Facebook group, it's Friends of Joshua. And if you ever have a question for me, it's joshuateachings at gmail.com. Otherwise, oh, listen to the other, website, the other podcasts, which are Joshua Live and the Law of Attraction Roundtable. Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. And I'll Thank see you later. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye, Jade and Wesley. Okay, that was pretty cool, huh? That was a section one of chapter one in Joshua's first book, A Perception of Reality. That book can be found on Amazon, plus all of the other Joshua books. Um, it's great to read along with the book and then to listen to the book as well. And uh, we'll keep going. Uh, as we do this, there'll probably be one or two podcasts posted every week. Uh, please like and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Also leave a review. That's really good. It'll help us climb up those rankings. And if you want to contact me about anything, please send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. And until next time, have a wonderful week. Bye.